So, yes, I was wondering how the Dharma uh, deals with or tackles or allows somebody to process guilt. Let's uh, go a little deeper into that. Uh, you just cut out there. I couldn't hear you. I said... Ah, um, there we go. <laughs> yes, my question is, what is it that, that can you describe mm-hmm. what it is when you use the word guilt? Um, for me, personally, it's a unpleasant swelling sensation in the pit of my stomach, which I suppose arises from, um, what's the best way to describe this? Um, a want for past actions to be different. Um, could, I, could it be said this way, just to kind of move things along? Mm-hmm, could mm-hmm. it be said that that guilt is actually a fear, a particular kind of fear, in the sense that it's normal fear that's got a category to it, and the category is I've done something wrong? Yeah, 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 that's a very good way to word it. Okay, that something wrong has happened. And Mm -hmm. I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay. Or another way that you could say it is, is that guilt is the feeling that you have before the attack. Mm -hmm. Guilt is the feeling that the warriors have the night before the war. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so in fact, what we can say is is that guilt is is merely an a, an expression of a situation, and it's associated with feeling. If we mm-hmm. pull the situation away from it, then really what we're doing is is that we're dealing with fear, never mind where the fear came from. That in mm. fact, when we call it guilt, we're only pointing at where the fear came from. Right, right. That's why I changed the tables around it and called it guilt before the battle. <laughs> where in fact, no, that's not guilt the thing the guys have before battle. It actually is fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a very good way to word it. Yeah, the guilt is the location of the fear. Mm. Okay. So if we understand it like that, then we can begin to see that guilt has now two qualities. One is the quality of fear that can be dealt with directly. Mm-hmm. And the other uh, in the sense that now the fear is here, what do we do with it here? Mm. But we can also look at guilt as also the highway that, that is paved the way to the fear. So the mm-hmm. highway to hell is um, whatever good, whatever intentions that we were having that didn't match up to the expectations, especially in retrospect. Mm-hmm. That in fact, guilt 
can be this uh, exactly the same feeling that we have when we haven't done what we think is our duty. Yeah. Like the student will go into the g test feeling guilty. And he hasn't even failed the test yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or another example of that would be the budding musician or poet or whoever is walking out on stage full of guilt, which is nothing more than stage fright, mm. except that he's got layered on top of that that I don't even know my part. And so it feels more like guilt than mm. it does the fact that he really knows his part and he's lost it because of actual stage fright. So those are often... Yeah two things that are mixed together, but the outcome is paralyzing fear. Yes. Yes. So looking at the, uh, the concept of guilt in the sense of um, regret for wrongdoing, mm -hmm. we can then recognize it uh, intellectually and also begin to soothe ourselves this way so that we can see it is is that whatever happened in the past is still in the past yeah yeah all right and the best way of talking about it in the sense of uh the teaching of the buddha of not self that if i'm not now what i was in the past then whoever did that guilty action that wrong guilty action was someone else and that someone else doesn't meet up to my present standards. But I am not he. Mm. Okay, so we're beginning mm -hmm. to look mm -hmm. at it in the sense that over time things change. And you know something? People, it doesn't matter what age they are, we will remember things that happened years ago and feel guilty about it. <laughs> Goodness me, yes, 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 but in yes. In fact, the older you get, the more life you have, the more life experiences you have, which means the more things there are to recollect with the feeling of guilt. <sighs> to the point that every, everyone's, uh, let, it, let us say, one's whole life winds up being one regret after another, after another. And Not we like want a to do life. Mm-hmm. But we want to do over. This mm. is one of the reasons for the longing uh, or the deliciousness that we find in concepts of heavens and hells and rebirth and reincarnation and all of that kind of stuff was because we look back with guilt and regret over this life and want to do over. Mm. Because really is what we're wanting it we never got. What is that? Yeah. The reward of feeling good about our life. And it's really nothing but an attitude anyway. Hmm. It's all a matter of attitude. And so guilt is nothing but a guilty attitude hmm. of everything is screwed up and I've done everything wrong. And so guilt is basically the fear of a victim. More victimhood. <laughs> More victimhood, precisely. That's what it is. Okay. Now, there are some ways out of it because some of these are big deals. 
And the way that you would handle that is by first off saying, this is not me. This is not who I am. That guy, whoever he was, did not meet what I consider my standards right now. Yeah. So we can uh, say it, but for me, I disavow that action. That is not who I am. Okay. And in the way when I say disavow, that's almost the same thing as a vow into the future, but not quite. But what we do want to do is disassociate ourselves with that action in the sense of I renounce that. This is not who I am. That's rejectable. And once we can feel that at least now and perhaps into the immediate future, I'll be free from that. Hmm. Which I now have no need to feel guilty right now. Yes. yes. Because I was feeling guilty over the fact that not only was something happened in the past, but it was me that did it. And there's also it built into that that it's me that's going to get caught for having done that thing in the past. And it is me who will do that same thing in the future and get caught and have to be punished for it then. Yeah. So what we're so, doing in this point right now is we're saying, no, I'm free from that. That whole cycle is finished for right now. That's not who I am. Break it off. This is not me. I don't yeah. uh, agree with that behavior. And my job is finished now. <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> Just forget about it. Exactly. <laughs> my job is my job is finished here. So mm. basically what we're recognizing is, is that um, the reality of the present moment is, is that I am not doing that behavior that I feel guilty about right now. But that yeah. happened a long time ago. I've got a, actually a very, very clear example that I have used over the years, but I don't talk mm -hmm. about it often because it's pretty gross. Okay, okay. Okay, that we were standing for a photograph uh in uh high school yeah it wasn't a graduation photograph but it was getting close to graduation time and there was five or six or eight or ten or so standing on the uh of the steps and i was on the top and i blew my nose like all kids do and i decided to wipe it on the back of this girl in front of me <laughs> and i did and i remember that and it really burned me you know something she didn't even turn around so she didn't even notice. She didn't even so know. know. Right. But I that was 50 years something ago, and I still remember it. Oh, wow. Because I felt so guilty about doing that to her. <laughs> but you know something? Since oh. that time, I have never done that again. Not once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not even once have I done that again. So now when I bring it up, I can bring it up as a humorous story. I don't have to feel bad. I don't have to feel guilty about how yeah. stupid that kid was in high school. Because it's not you. But it wasn't me. Mm. I don't mm. blow my nose in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's this not, it's is not you. Kind it's of, not the. Yeah, yeah, it's not so you. I, not me. Therefore, mm. when that memory comes, it's not a memory 
that has any emotional feeling to it other than, well, I'm glad I don't do that anymore. Mm, yeah, that's a very, very good way of phrasing it. I don't know. Wow. I'm happy I don't do that anymore. anymore. And then you can yeah. you can feel good and proud of the improvements that you've made and the person that you currently are in comparison. Now you're getting the idea. Exactly. Mm hmm. <laughs> That's how you handle guilt. You turn yeah. it around because the guilt is supposed to be a lesson that you're teaching yourself. Learn your lesson already and graduate beyond guilt. Yeah, a lot of people will beat themselves up They're over up. it, but you can, yeah, you can turn around and say, hey, I'm really glad I'm not that person anymore. Hell yeah. We making gains. Yeah, that's a very, very good way of wording it and phrasing it and looking at it. Mm. And, and changing it from unwholesome yeah. into wholesome. wholesome. Right. <laughs> because the unwholesome is one. The thought about it in the mm -hmm. past is unwholesome. The yeah. act of doing it is unwholesome. The act of identifying with me with the memory is unwholesome and then feeling guilty about it is unwholesome that's a whole lot of unwholesome right there <laughs> and it happens some seemingly almost immediately yeah but it's a very quick um a sequence of events is almost mm. hardwired into us mm. now they also say that one of the major changes that's happened in time that we can see actually in in regions and that is is that the mediterranean especially the south southern parts of the uh, northern mediterranean and further south in the south mediterranean and especially to the east in the mediterranean that whole area of the world over into persia is what we call an honor society Everything has to be honorable. And one of the ways to have honor is by having honorable family. This is part of the reason why honorable families are so important mm -hmm. is because a man's status comes from his family if the family has no status. And you see, that's basically what's happened in the West is your family don't mean squat anymore. <laughs> Even though yeah. we try to make it so. When it comes to getting a job or anything else. And so what has happened over the past several centuries is, is that we have changed from an honor society into a guilt society. Okay, and what do we mean yeah. like that? How do we manage the entire society? How do we manage the mobs? Okay, in an honor society, you would tell a man he's better than that. And he'll say, yes, I am. Mm, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. But in the West, we say, guilty, stop doing that. And we say, okay. Mm, that's true. All right. And so this is the difference between a guilt, uh, a society that's built upon uh, the number one way of crowd control. Is it mm -hmm. honorable or is it guilt based? Now, normally what we would think of is that the highest quality people, <clears throat> the nobles in our society, the people who would deserve the word honorable rather than the title of honorable. Mm. 
you would see honorable people, high quality people is always going for their honor in their culture. So when you're addressing somebody as your honor, you expect him to act honorably. And if we have the whole society acting honorably, then we can easily talk them into doing the right thing because it's dishonorable to do the wrong thing. Right. We don't have an honor society. We've got a guilt society. And of course, if you do the wrong thing, you feel guilty. You see how much difference there are in those two. One expects you to be a winner and to come up to it. And Mm -hmm. the other one is the guilty one and you you sink down to it. But Mm -hmm. now the honor society has got a lot of problems of its own uh, in the sense of honor killings and other ridiculous things like that. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. That if she if she destroys the family honor, we've got to X her out. Brutal, very very brutal. But it still is have the honor. Yeah, yeah. If the girl here dishonors our family, what we do is we feel guilty instead. The whole crowd has to feel guilty because of what she did, mm. and there's nothing to do to regain the honor because we've already got the guilt. Guilty, your honor. Guilty or honor. Yeah. So uh, you can begin to understand that the society that we live in, or how it started, I'm not quite sure, but I'm thinking that it was hundreds of years ago when it moved out of the honorable into the guilt ridden society mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. today. Uh, and it might also be that that's the way you run a democracy. Democracies don't run very well on honor. But they do run fairly well on guilt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then you can point fingers at each other and say, them's the bad people. Those are the immigrants. They're the ones who are harming you. If you go get rid of them, then you can stop having to bother with me. Yeah, looking. Sometimes you see videos of uh, parliamentary debates in the UK parliament and a lot of the time they're just bickering pointing fingers at other parties other party members trying to make each other feel bad for feel guilty for exactly feel bad feel guilty for what they've done like boris and, johnson our prime minister he's received a lot of kickback and stuff from the way that he handled the pandemic and not closing the borders quick enough and mm-hmm. I mean, although I don't agree with how he handled it, it is just, it's not necessarily constructive. It's just people trying to make him feel guilty. Okay, well, here's something interesting. 200 years ago in the parliament, the parliamentarians at that time would have thought it was dishonorable of their own behavior to try to make another member of parliament feel guilty. Mm, It's changed a lot. It's changed, right. And that, that's the major attitude. Now, neither one of them are absolutely wholesome. Both mm. of them are unwholesome. But look at the difference between an honor society and a guilt society. In a guilt society, our job is to make the other fat guy feel guilty, never mind how dirty I get. Mm. And in an honor society, my honor is the most important thing. And what he's doing... I can get over that and still remain honorable 
or I can mm. secretly go and stab him in the back and still remain honorable. But the important thing is, is that I remain honorable. Yeah. Where, uh, and you could also see that that honor has uh, to do with older issues about aristocracy and nobility and all of that kind of stuff. And in that regard, the honor society is actually superior to the uh, guilt society. Mm. And yet that's what the West has fallen into. It's fallen into a guilt society. So when students talk to me about guilt, I said, you know, ring a bell. <laughs> I got what you're <laughs> talking about here. It's the whole society is laden down with that. Uh, and this is also criticism. This is back to critical thinking. When a thought from the past comes up, we become mm. critical of it, find something wrong, then we think it because it's me that something was wrong done, then it's me that's wrong, and here comes that guilt feeling. Yeah. It comes yeah. from actual critical thinking, of, of thinking critically about ourselves, and our whole society was built upon critical thinking. And God and what you could say was, was that that well society then is humanity's answer to paradise. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Because paradise is good enough. Paradise is really nice. Here you have an Adam and Eve. Paradise is great. In paradise, until they had to deal with the results of their judgmental behavior. Hmm. Okay, eating of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil meant they go around paradise saying that'll do that out of here, fix that leaf, get rid of that animal. And the next thing you know, they're turning it into a human society, building huts, cities, towers, trying to make things better. Trying to make things better when things were perfectly fine the way they were. And all we're talking about is human attitude. Mm. The attitude of it ain't good enough versus the attitude of everything's hunky dory. Everything's hunky dory. And yeah. it's just a mere small attitude change. But look how quickly and how easily it is to fall back into there's work to be done. You got to do this. Our toys become our work. Yeah. When the toy becomes important. The difference between a toy and a work is toys are not important and work is. Mm, work isn't fun. Toys are. Right. And so people have hobbies. And guess what? They turn their hobbies into work. Mm. The very best hobbyists are the ones who's put a lot of time and a lot of money and they don't want to do anything else. It's their life. <laughs> it's their job. <laughs> <laughs> and so... That's what happens with us is that we get involved with an activity, we get stuck into it. And so we don't recognize then that basically what we're doing is we're just staying in critical mind, staying in critical thinking. Mm -hmm. This and not this, how's that going, what this is doing, is this finished yet, is that file copied, you know, the whole nine yards of it, rather than just sitting and just enjoying the process. <laughs> But we're constantly being critical. Mm, mm. Got a hot, right herd on it. Um, 
here's an here's another example of it. This is kind of interesting. When is a person more than likely going to spend a lot of mind moments over the next several weeks thinking about his computer failing, his computer breaking? Um, when he's got lots and lots of work to do. Because nope. he doesn't know. No, 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 no. When he's think, got lots of work to do, he's thinking about his work. No. The time that he's going to worry about his laptop failing is immediately after he's had to buy a new laptop because the last one just <laughs> failed and cost him everything. And now he's had a great big event. And so now he's going back to that old laptop with this new laptop thinking. And so... All he has to do is think of laptop failure, and now he's having the same kind of heart attack that he did when it actually did fail. And so we mm -hmm. have that replay of that incident over and over and over again. And guess what? You can call that guilt. And in mm -hmm. fact, it depends upon how the laptop died. If it died because he was doing something that he knows he was doing, like having it laying on the bed and having no uh, airflow, and so the computer overheated or he poured water on it or all kinds of different possibilities for laptops mm. to die that we actually do it. So now when the laptop is dying and and he's got a new one, when he thinks about this new laptop dying, he's going to do it with a much bigger twinge of guilt mm. because he calls the last one to die rather than who knows what. It just. Yeah. Yeah, laptops die very naturally sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. Could have just been old, but... Actually, that's be. one of the ways... Uh, I would say that most laptops are replaced because they became antique. They got too old. Finally, mm -hmm. they got... A, and so, and guess what? They don't even get thrown away. Not for another few or four years, but they say they go to pasture on the shelf <laughs> on top of the <laughs> closet for three or four years before they're finally let go of. Yeah. But in any case... Yes, all laptops die. Are you going to feel good and are you going to feel guilty about or bad about your laptop dying before it dies? How about weeks after it dies? I mean, I personally won't. <laughs> I've lost many laptops over the years due to just silliness on my behalf and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, it was so going to die you... at some point, so what's the point in getting hung up over it? That's exactly right. That's the right attitude, and yet most people, it's a major freakout in their life. Mm. Why? Because they're attached to it. It's an important thing. I lost two laptops while I was at uni. A very important time when you're doing lots of university work and you need a laptop. <laughs> and I lost two of them. I was like, oh, all right crack on whatever <laughs> or you can crack on whatever and feel bad there was none of that there was none of that i am very proud to say there was none of that i just cracked on with it well funny that you should mention guilt <laughs> so now we can begin to look at well what is it that you feel guilty about hmm because that, too, is a learned behavior, a learned habit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Within certain families, there are certain issues that, that people in that family will feel guilty about, but other issues that other families would feel guilty about, this family doesn't. Mm, so some guilty reasons for guilt, some guilty consciences or whatever, they are learned mm-hmm. from a younger age, or they are learned because of societal teachings or or something like that uh-huh. now they're, 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 they're learned from your own your own moral compass right now here's the thing that that is not learned mm-hmm. that which was already learned was fear That's the emotions that come out of the instincts are there mm-hmm but what happens is, is the wiring for those instincts and those feelings then become the thought patterns so that in some cases, whenever this issue is raised up as a topic, this kid will feel guilty and that kid won't. Mm-hmm. Something really crazy like, have you been to the barber shop? And one kid's going to feel guilty and the other one doesn't. And neither one of them have been to the barber shop. Mm. But one of them had been in a family where they were saying, you should go to the barbershop, and he doesn't want to. And the other kid, he doesn't even know or care about barbershops. His family <laughs> doesn't care about them. <laughs> and so that's an example of why um, just one thing will have different results based upon the training that the kids have had. Mm. And some of that stuff really wasn't a big deal in either one of the families. But in this present moment, when it, when it becomes a part of the conversation, you wind up with one adult or one kid feeling really bad. And he, he's doing this with his hair and he's worried, you know, and the other kid, he, he's bored Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... When we recognize that these different ways that we deal with feelings is what the family trains us with. So all of the feelings are there. The question is, how are we going to wire up our circuitry so that we begin to feel certain ways in certain occasions? Because not only is that possible that one kid feels guilty and the other kid doesn't, a third kid on the block, when you talk to him about it, he's going to get angry. Yeah, maybe he can't afford to go to the barbers. or and, and so he feels that way because he can't go, or another kid would have had a bad experience at a barber shop. Mm. Okay. They a messed bad... up his hair, and he yeah, had to go. Yeah, they messed up his hair, so he doesn't want to go back, <laughs> and people do that with doctors, too. So we can have various attitudes about doctors and things like this based upon little things that happened when we were children. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of wires in how our emotional dirt bag is going to get opened. Uh, psychologists call this the buttons. Where are the buttons? You know, the push your, yeah, the, 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 behind the door is the feelings, but the door is locked itself, but there is a button someplace in the room. If you press this button, that door will open. If you press mm. this button, that door will open. This is basically how we, as kids, get wired up so that we feel certain ways based upon certain events that happen. 
Now, one of the ways that kids get wired up is when uh, the parents don't like to deal with authorities, then the kids don't like to deal with authorities. That becomes one of the buttons that they have. Right. Okay, yeah. So this is the way that we look uh, at it to understand that just because I have been in the habit of feeling this way because I've got all those buttons doesn't mean that I got to feel that way now. Doesn't mean the button's got to be actively mean, pressed. Right. Doesn't mean that I've got to actively stand there and press my own buttons. <laughs> I haven't got to do that. You can just look at the buttons and go, yeah, it's a cool yeah. button. Yeah, <laughs> or you can actually move them aside so that you don't have those buttons or that they become non-functional in a way. Mm, yeah. um, so this is a way then of thinking is, is that we're going to actually rewire the circuitry so that we can begin to feel the way that we want to so that whenever X, Y, or Z button is pushed, all you're going to get out of me is a huge smile. I don't have to. In fact, the big smile comes from, guess what? I don't do that anymore. <laughs> and you can feel good about yourself for the improvements right. or the changes that you've made and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. You don't feel hung up or guilty or crappy or whatever feeling. You can just feel good and just go, right. hey, that ain't me. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's not me anymore. I don't do that anymore. Mm. I've got higher standards now. Yeah. 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 And one of the standards I have is don't feel guilty about something that didn't happen to somebody else a long time ago. Yes. Yes. Somebody else. Yes. Because that ain't me anymore. That's not me. All right. If we had that attitude about what was going on five or ten years ago, then when people come by with teachings about rebirth and reincarnation, what are we going to do with that? You see, that's, that's, the, whole, that's the whole issue, though, is, is that how deep in the past can we get stuck if we are stuck in the past? You can get very stuck in the past. You can get yes. you can get so stuck in the past that you can try and relive or go by the code of somebody else's mm -hmm. life or existence. Mm -hmm. Or the worst of it is, is that we can claim whoever it was way back when that was me. Now, back in the 70s, this, uh, when reincarnation and rebirth really hit the U.S. Um, market of new birth, new age kind of stuff, mm. there were people all over the place having past life experiences. I know personally four different women who were Cleopatra. <laughs> <laughs> That is typical. That's, That's typical. Cleopatra is one of the typical past lives that women have. That's that's so stupid. <laughs> no, it's not. They really believe this stuff. But I don't know. For me personally, hearing that they thought they were this 
very powerful, beautiful Egyptian pharaoh who wasn't even Egyptian, I don't think. She wasn't actually Egyptian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, hearing that, that that says something about their egos and the what they perceive themselves to be. They they automatically think that in a past life I was this great, powerful, beautiful pharaoh. So they must think very highly of themselves. That there is the thought I was dot dot dot. Yeah. Never mind plugging in powerful Pharaoh or anything else, but mm. that I was is in fact a creation of a self to plug in someplace back there. Mm. Okay, so the whole quality of rebirth and reincarnation has to do with I, me, and mine way back when. And here we are practicing the dhammas of the teaching of the Buddha, uh, the I, me, and my, way back when just the other day, just recently, (laughs) is really not me, not mine, not I. It's dead. It's gone into the past. There's no reason to cling to it. Nobody remembers it like I remember it anyway. So why should I feel bad about a, a particularly personal memory that no one else has? Yeah. Okay, so this is the issue with rebirth and reincarnation. How can we, if we believe in that, get over the issues of this current life? If we still cling to a long-term... You won't won't and you can't. This is why that the first fetter is this fetter of personality view. The view of the personality that is wise and wholesome is is that this personality is a temporary item at this present moment, constantly in turmoil, constantly Mm -hmm. changing, and is nothing like it was just a minute ago. Things change. Attitudes change. Values Mm -hmm. change. Skin changes, molecules change, water changes. You know, every baby is full of water when it's born. Every adult human being is full of water when it's standing in front of you. Guess what? Not one molecule of the water that came with that baby is in that human. There's not one item there. Nothing. So different. Everything has changed. Every molecule, every uh, atom, every Every cell, uh, every thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That even the thoughts and memories change over time. We remember things one way one time, and then later we remember the same thing differently. Yeah, everything is constantly changing. Everything is constantly changing. And if everything is constantly changing, then what is it about you that's permanent? Nothing. What is it that is about you that's so permanent? that has survived the past three or four life and death sequences way back to the time of Cleopatra. (laughs) Cleopatra. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that four people have thought they're Cleopatra, that is ridiculous. No, 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 no. It's not four. There must be 4,000 or 4 million of them. I know (laughs) four personally. You know four personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I've never once thought to myself, oh, I bet I was this person in a past life. I'd... 
What? No. To me, to, to me, that notion is just ridiculous to even think okay. that. But now that we're looking at the Dhamma, we can recognize how ridiculous that is because mm. uh, why should we allow memories and old thoughts and patterns from way back when influence us now when we should let what's happening now influence us now this is the big difference mm. okay that um that i i can understand why that some people want to teach children that if you do wrong you're going to get punished mm -hmm. but in the west that goes way too far in christian households because the children wind up being afraid of hell for no reason at all that they give their children extra layers of fear because of the fear of retribution of what's happening that can go wrong and this is the idea then that if you do wrong you're going to have to pay for it. It's going to catch up with you no matter what. Yeah, I understand why to try and teach morality or, you know, to try and set good behaviors. But does it go about it in a constructive way? No, 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 no. But the whole point is, is that we're trying to teach a child the way he should go. And what we're doing instead is teaching the child to be guilty about what he's yeah. doing wrong. Mm. Okay. That's the big problem is, is that it remains ordinary, which means the child will go back into wrong view, do what he wants to do wrong. And then he pops back into ordinary right view and feels guilty that he might get caught for what he has done wrong. But when the mind comes out of that duality of right and wrong, comes into the noble mind, then we can say that was in the past. If it has retribution coming in the future, I'll deal with that future when it arrives. But right now, I'm good to go. Yeah. And I do not have to feel guilty about the past because I'm not in the past. That's not me. Yes, yes. And this is where we really begin to let go of personality view, that I'm not the one in the past. Mm. That this is all brand new. Everything is new. The guilt is almost always based upon the past. Mm -hmm. And if we can recognize I am not that person, I don't do that. That's not my standard. I'm up to date now then we can come back into that nurturing mind that brings paradise back again. Because while we were having guilt feelings, we had just destroyed our paradise. Yeah. With our judgments. I wasn't good enough. I broke that rule. Criticizing, criticizing, criticizing. And then our punishment is that we feel bad with, uh, with fear. And we label that fear guilt. But we can recognize it as fear, as fear, and say, wait a minute, right now there's nothing to fear. Afraid. Nothing to be fearful of, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing here. They're not coming after me. <laughs> All those teenage girls on that door, uh, the, the, the school steps are not still chasing <laughs> me down to try to 
put spit on my back. Nobody's doing that. You know? <laughs> <sighs> Yet we imagine that kind of stuff and feel guilty about it when there's no reason to. Mm. There's nothing to be fearful of. We're not in the mm. past. We're not in that situation. We are not that person. We are just us chilling in the present. Mm-hmm. Nothing else going on. Everything's fine. Everything's hunky-dory. Let's finish this up now about Mm -hmm. the guilt in the sense of, number one, we live in a society that's based on guilt. Yes. It pervades and uh, is permissive throughout our society. Our mommies and daddies teach us to feel guilty Because if we feel guilty, that's the punishment enough. If we rebel and don't feel guilty, then they really will punish us. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is why we have language like, I'm sorry. When in fact, what we actually want to do is give an apology. Mm. But the word I'm sorry means that not only am I apologizing, but I have already beat myself up to the point that I'm a sorry piece of Therefore, I've already done your job of punishing me for you, so you don't have to punish me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've punished myself enough. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, you don't need to do your job. Yeah, the guilt then is to feel sorry for Mm. what we've done wrong. Yeah, but as long as we feel sorry for what we've done wrong, we have not yet made the connection. That this is not me. It's still me that feels guilty and sorry about what I've done. But when we recognize even that what I've done was only 10 seconds ago, if I wake up now, I am not that person anymore. Hmm. And so I could say, that's not me. I don't do that kind of stuff. Let's let that past be the past. Yeah, yeah. And if somebody comes waving it at me and puts it back in my face... Now we've got something new to deal with, but in that moment of the past is the past, at least then we can feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You give yourself and get rid of it and get it out of the mind. But our whole society is based upon guilt that we're supposed to go around feeling guilty. That's the modus operandi for our society. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. be be aware that if you go around acting like the winner, like the lion that you are, they're <laughs> going to try to make you feel guilty. Yes. Yes. Because of why? Because they feel guilty. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Misery loves company. Oh, yes, it does. And guilt is one of the major miseries of life. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you feel good when I don't feel good? Or the other one is, how dare you feel good when there are children in Yemen being bombed? Or how dare you feel good when there is world hunger, world poverty? But in fact, if you look at it very carefully, that's the bodhisattva ideal. What? I can't become fully enlightened till all the others become fully enlightened? That's that's the bodhisattva vow. Uh, 
that means that nobody ever gets enlightened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if enlightenment is like uh, crossing over a bridge to the other side of the river, I can go on the other side of the river and yell, hey, guys, come on over. <laughs> I don't have to go back over into the into the swamp. No. No, you, that's the whole idea then, is that the, the idea of the bodhisattva ideal is actually a defeatist attitude. It's the same as metta in the sense of may all beings be happy, while the guy who is practicing metta saying may all beings be happy he doesn't feel happy right that very moment he's just repeating something that he heard ah yeah i've i've heard of tried some metta meditation before and yeah i don't know if i wasn't doing it correctly or consistently enough but i didn't feel well Here's the point. (laughs) If you're doing metto correctly, it gladdens the mind. If you're gladdening the mind correctly, that's metta. Yes, 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 yes. That's very true. Mm, Yeah, so giving yourself metta, gladdening the mind, and getting the mind up and bright and cheerful, then you could give metta to all of those who feel guilty. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. So this is the way of, of looking at it is, is that metta is only metta when it is completely wholesome. And it's completely wholesome when it's put into the context of, because people ask me, what about that? And I said, well, if the method that you're doing is wholesome, then it is the same as gladdening the mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Most of the time, metta is hoping and wanting for something to be that is not. It's much more like an aspiration than an actual happy realization and chuckling over that which you have just discovered. Yeah. New and real. Yeah. 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 I've watched videos or listen to a podcast or something and they've discussed meta meditation and it does sort of sound like by you doing this you are hoping that you will experience some of the 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 happiness or the the good emotions that you are trying to you know cultivate for others um but if the mind is already gladdened and in a wholesome state, then by doing a meta meditation, then well, goddamn yeah, you gotta feel great because <laughs> the mind is already gladdened. The mind is already in a wholesome state. So if you do that meditation, then yeah, you're gonna feel great. Exactly so. So we'll finish it now. I thought that this would be something of use for you about guilt, is you recognize really ain't no such thing as guilt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just fear yeah. of wrongdoing and getting caught. That's all it is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And what you said, you know, that that was in the past. That isn't me. I am me now. So it doesn't match up with my expectations. So whatever. No, it's just I'm an old story. That's all. Yeah. yeah. It's not an emotional trigger. It's not a button anymore. It's just yeah. an old story. <laughs> exactly yeah very helpful stuff very very helpful alright Ben well we'll see you later yes yes lovely to see you again and uh, we'll really speak soon I enjoyed our conversation this is great thank you that's a bye. That's a bye. you have a nice one bye 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 <laughs>